Do you find yourself searching for true crime podcasts that are different from what you're always recommended? Do you want to make a real difference in the cases that you're following? Well, you're a crime junkie. And I'm Ashley Flowers the creator and host of the number one true crime podcast, Crime Junkie. There are hundreds of episodes already available, and each Monday we dive into the details of cases spanning from some of the most infamous to those that you have never heard covered before. Listen to Crime Junkie podcast now, wherever you're listening. Love is more than a day on the calendar or a sign-off on a letter. Love starts with you. Show off your personal style with new Pandora jewelry pieces that radiate with your love from every angle. With Pandora's vast selection of rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, and charms, there's endless ways to show what's in your heart. Write a love note to yourself or your best friend with handwritten charms or a personal engraving. Shop now at Pandora.net. Pandora. Be love. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Our card this week is Awachigi Osceola, the Eight of Diamonds from Oklahoma. Even though Awachigi called for help on the morning her killer broke in, what actually happened inside her apartment is still a mystery. And while evidence supports police's theory about who killed her, one huge hurdle still stands in the way of justice. I'm Ashley Flowers, and this is The Deck. On September 25, 2013, Tony Brown was hanging out at home in Anadarko, Oklahoma, when she saw a Facebook status from her friend Awachiki. It had been posted earlier that morning and read, quote, Moose is Trina KM. Tony knew Awachiki was dating a guy named Moose, but she wasn't sure what KM meant. Just then, Tony's phone alerted her to a text from Awachiki that said the exact same thing as her Facebook status. Moose is Trina KM. Awachiki wasn't answering any calls or texts, and Tony was freaked out. So she rounded up three of their friends to go check on her. The group made the roughly hour-long drive from Anadarko to Awachiki's apartment in Norman, Oklahoma. And when they pulled up, their feelings of unease only grew. They saw that the door was slightly open from having been kicked in. They could tell because there was a shoe print on the door and the frame was splintered. So Tony and the group didn't even go in. They called police instead. As soon as Norman police officers got inside, they saw cabinets and drawers left open and stuff everywhere. But when they called out to see if anyone was home, no one answered. It was in an upstairs bedroom that police found Awachiki. She was laying on the floor, face down with her sheets and comforter tossed over her head. 
They checked for signs of life, but she had clearly been dead for a while, though it wasn't entirely clear how she had died because there were no visible wounds. In her room, the bed looked as if someone stripped it in a hurry. The mattress was bare except for three pillows, one of which had blood on it, and there were clothes and stuff tossed all around the room. In fact, the rest of the house was a mess as well. It looked as if the living room, kitchen, and bedroom had all been ransacked. They found another bloody pillow stuffed in a dresser in the bedroom. But when they went searching for Awachigi's cell phone and stuff like her cash and cards, they couldn't find any of that in the apartment. So they were obviously wondering if someone had robbed the place. Officers secured the scene and went outside to tell Awachigi's friends what they'd found. But it was what they didn't find that concerned Tony and her friends the most, because police didn't mention anything about finding anyone else in the home. And Tony knew that Awachigi lived with her five-year-old daughter. Immediately, officers started looking for the young girl. They weren't sure if they were dealing with an abduction or what, but the first place they checked, the first place any investigator checks when a child is missing, is with their living parents or guardians. And Tony and Awachigi's other friends said that her dad lived back in Anadarko. Sure enough, when officers tracked him down, they found the young girl and determined that she was safe. Still, they weren't sure what involvement Awachigi's ex could have had in her murder since they knew the two had recently divorced and had gone through custody hearings. So they brought him in for an interview. The ex-husband cooperated and said that he had been in Anadarko all week and he had no idea who might have killed Awachigi. He said she actually had full custody of their daughter, but it just so happened that week their daughter had been with him. Police had no reason not to believe the man's alibi, so they moved on to see what else they could find out about Awachigi's personal life. When it was her turn to give a statement, Tony filled police in about the weird text and Facebook status about Moose. Tony said it didn't sound like Awachigi, who usually texted in full sentences and didn't use abbreviations. Tony also told police since moving to Norman, Owachiki had been online dating and not too long ago she had started seeing a man who went by Moose, and that guy lived in Oklahoma City. Studying Owachiki's Facebook status, Moose is trying to KM, police deciphered it as Moose is trying to kill me. So it was imperative that they find Moose ASAP, which they did. He was in Oklahoma City about a half an hour north of Norman. Moose was shocked to hear about Awachigi's death, and he was willing to talk to police, telling detectives the two hadn't known each other very long. When he was shown the Facebook status that mentioned him by name, Moose immediately gave an alibi. But just as investigators started working to verify Moose's whereabouts over the last few days, they became aware of a weird call that had been made from Awachigi's apartment the day she was murdered. It was 2911 and made by Awachigi herself. We're on 911. What is the location of your emergency? Hello? It's difficult to make out what's going on, but obviously something was wrong. And minutes later, Awachigi called back, but this time her tone was different. Norman, number one, what is the location of your emergency? Yes, uh, I accidentally dialed the wrong number and pressed emergency call by accident. 
Everything is okay there? Yes, there is. Everything's All fine. All right. Thank you. The dispatcher never routed a police officer to her apartment, and officials didn't put two and two together until the next day when they realized that there was a murder investigation underway at the same location. Norman police detective Jim Parks, who's working the case today, has analyzed those phone calls over and over. That tells me either she or the male that you heard in the first call was afraid that the cops were going to show up because 911 was called. So she was forced to make a second call saying, hey, everything's okay. It was an accidental call, yada, yada. The fact that nobody had been called to at least do a welfare check at the apartment surprised police. It was protocol to alert patrol officers of an emergency call. And they couldn't help but wonder if they had been dispatched, if they would have interrupted the attack. Of course, no one can say for sure that Owachagi would still be alive if police had been dispatched. But it's an element of the case that's always frustrated her family. In fact, Detective Park said that there ended up being an internal investigation and the dispatcher was actually let go because of the whole thing. The 911 calls made police lean further into their theory that whoever tore up Owachagi's apartment likely killed her. The calls also provided a decent jumping off point for the investigative timeline because now they had confirmation that Owachagi had been alive and not alone at her apartment around 6 a.m. the morning of September 24th. That detail also helped police confirm Moose's alibi, which checked out. He was in Oklahoma City when Owachagi called 911. Around this time, officers in Norman made arrangements for another police department to notify Owachagi's mom, Roberta, of her death because she lived in Florida. I was getting ready to leave my house, and I walked out the front door, and that's when I saw two Seminole police cars coming into my driveway. And I thought to myself, oh, no. (sighs) Which one is in jail? I wasn't thinking murder. And my life, my life stopped right there when I was informed. The Seminole Police Department assured Roberta that detectives in Oklahoma were working hard to find her daughter's killer. But it didn't matter. Roberta was on the next flight out. My tribe um, offered to send me out there to be with her body. So I landed in Norman. When I got to her apartment, her front door was kicked in. The place was a shambles. So looking around and seeing what I saw after the police had gathered evidence and whatnot, I felt terror. I felt warning. I felt anger. After talking to Roberta, police learned that Awachagi was born and raised on the Seminole Tribe's Big Cypress Reservation, which is in the Florida Everglades, about two hours northwest of Miami. Everybody knows Awachagi. She had that kind of personality. She was, Awachagi means star in Seminole language. And that's exactly what she was. She was a shining star. She was a bright star to where everybody knew her, recognized her. Not only that, but Osceola is a prominent name in the Seminole tribe. They're descendants of Chief Osceola, who's a famous tribal leader. 
Police and relatives wondered if Awachiki's killer knew that she received a monthly stipend from the tribe because of her prominence and if she had been targeted because of that. Whoever kicked in her door was there to, to get something. I had to replace a ignition keys to her Cadillac. So apparently, maybe he tried to take her car, but that didn't happen. Her purse... Her bank account was emptied out, so there was aggression. Whoever did that had one thing in mind, was to get what he wanted and leave her like trash, like she was nothing. Pretty soon, detectives made some progress by backtracking Awachigi's bank records. They discovered that she had used her ATM card to withdraw $500 on September 23rd at a gas station near her apartment. And just to double-check that it was her using her card and not someone else, detectives got surveillance video from the 7-Eleven, which clearly showed a Awachigi going in and getting cash and leaving. Detectives also noted what she was wearing in that video because it was the same clothes that she was found in. Bank records showed another almost $500 was taken out of her account on September 24th from an ATM at a nearby casino. As police worked the ATM leads, they were still waiting to hear from the medical examiner. The autopsy was taking longer than usual, so at this point, they still didn't know how she died. Though they did learn that Awachiki had either had sex or been sexually assaulted recently because there was semen present. Unfortunately, examiners couldn't tell if she had been sexually assaulted or if the sex act was consensual. They just knew that it had happened within the last few days. Through more interviews, investigators learned that Awachiki was a cocaine user, and her friends said that the reason she moved to a college town like Norman, at least in part, was to be closer to a dealer that she knew out of Oklahoma City whose name was Rob Ross, better known by his customers as just Cocaine Rob. Police looked up Rob and saw that he was a felon with a long history of drug-related charges. So with that intel, they made moves to track him down. And they also worked to get his phone records along with the Wachikis. And what they found was very interesting. Busy parents have enough on their plates without adding your children's homework to the list as well. IXL is an excellent resource for homework help, which is especially nice for parents who are rusty on school info themselves. And methods have changed over the years, too. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. It's designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. And you get one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. There's a reason why IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make. A month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring, so now you could get your child the help they need at an affordable price. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And the deck listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash deck. Visit IXL.com slash deck to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I can remember sitting in my high school Spanish class, looking down at the ground, just hoping, desperately hoping I wouldn't get called on. 
because languages have never come easy for me. And even after all those years of studying in school, I felt so insecure. Then as my husband and I started exploring international travel recently, he convinced me that it was time to give language another try. So naturally, we found Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program. It's available on desktop or can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages and they have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing your words. As my family continues to explore future travel, I know I'm going to take advantage of that because I want to feel as confident and respectful as possible. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Deck listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com deck. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com deck today. Cell records showed that Awachiki and Rob had been texting and talking on the phone up until the morning of September 24th. And as they suspected, the last text sent from Awachiki's phone was the one to her friend received about Moose trying to kill her. But they learned that that text wasn't sent from her apartment. It was sent from the Riverwind Casino, which was a few miles away. And it was the same location where her ATM card had been used the day that she was killed. Detectives headed straight to the casino to review surveillance footage. And sure enough, they spotted Rob at the casino the morning of September 24th. The videos showed Rob at a slot machine talking to a man, walking through the casino with a woman. And at 7.23 a.m., he was at the ATM machine. Rob used a debit card to withdraw just under $500, which perfectly matched Awachigi's bank statements. Bingo. Now, by the way, we made several efforts to try and get in touch with Rob for this episode, even leaving messages on a working cell number that we obtained, but no luck. So police were really closing in on Rob, but they wanted to be sure that they had all the information possible before arresting him. So they identified the two people that he was seen with at the casino, and they brought them in for questioning. The man that Rob was seen chatting with at the slot machines cooperated and told police that he just happened to be at the casino that morning and ran into Rob. He said that the two had served time in jail together in the past and Rob had tried to actually recruit him to sell drugs. The man said he didn't know anything about a murder and that Rob hadn't mentioned anything about it. So next, police interviewed the woman Rob had been with in the casino. The two were actually spotted on surveillance together in her car in the casino parking lot too. And what she had to say basically sealed the deal for police. The woman admitted to police that Rob was her dealer and sometimes she would give him rides in exchange for drugs. She said that Rob had asked her for a ride early on the morning of the 24th and she took him to an apartment complex in Norman. She told detectives that per Rob's request, she dropped him off across the street from the apartment that he needed to visit. The woman said that Rob asked her to wait for him, so she did. But at least an hour went by, and finally Rob called her and said to pick him up at a nearby stop sign, like a completely different location than where she dropped him off. You can actually see a map marking these areas on our website, thedeckpodcast.com. The woman said that when Rob got to her car, he was, quote, sweaty and nervous. She also said that he had some items with him, but she couldn't tell what because he stuffed them under the passenger seat. Then he asked her to take him straight to the casino, so she did. 
Detectives reviewed surveillance footage that showed Rob and the woman getting to the casino around 7.15 the morning of September 24th. Then, two minutes later, at 7.17 a.m., the Facebook status was posted to a Wachagee's page, Moose is Trina KM. After they parked, Rob was seen on surveillance throwing something into a trash can in the casino parking lot. After going in and visiting the ATM and playing those slots, Rob and the woman can be seen on video leaving the casino parking lot in her car at 8.08 a.m. Now, the woman even agreed to take detectives to retrace their route the morning of the 24th. She pointed out the apartment complex where she dropped off Rob, which was a Wachagee's building. But because she parked across the street, she didn't see which apartment he went into. Detectives figured it was a Wachagee's phone that Rob tossed into the trash in the casino parking lot. But unfortunately, by the time they went looking for it, the trash had been emptied and the phone was long gone. But that didn't mean that they couldn't connect him to the phone. Along with placing him at the casino where the text and Facebook status were made from, detectives found messages that Rob had sent to other friends on his phone, where instead of typing out trying to, he wrote Trina, T-R-Y-N-A. It's the same spelling as a Wachagee's Facebook post and group text. By this time, there was little doubt in the minds of detectives that Rob was their guy. They needed to find him and quickly, but it wasn't easy. Rob didn't have a house or apartment or any address of his own. He was known to stay with friends and family in Oklahoma City, but he bopped around to different couches all the time. They finally were able to track him down several days later, and on October 5th, investigators sat him down for an interview. And to their surprise, he was willing to talk. Sort of. Do you understand how all this looks to us? Mm-hmm. I mean, you get that, right? Yeah. And how does it look to us? I mean, I'm not so sure, but I know who you want. Our reporting team got copies of Rob's interrogation, and he's super hard to understand. But he said something to the effect of, I'm not who you all want. But the detective wasn't having it. If you're not the person that killed her, which I think you are, I'll just be straight up with you. And I told you there's different levels of homicide. Yeah. You're really, like, with all this evidence and people, and the 911 call, mm-hmm. and you making her call 911 back, this to me looks premeditated. To that, Rob just kind of groaned in response. He didn't actually say anything. Then the detective asked to see Rob's shoes because he wanted to compare the tread to the shoe print that was on Awachagi's front door. Rob was like, okay, fine, but that won't prove anything because I have like 10 pairs of shoes. But detectives could see on surveillance that the shoes that he was wearing on the morning of the murder were the same, but they didn't have to reveal that to him. Next, the detective asked Rob about Awachagi's Facebook status, and Rob said that he hadn't seen it. But the detective just lays it all out there. I know that you typed that on her phone. I know you hit the Facebook icon on her phone and you were able to type that to make it look like Moose was involved. The investigator was like, listen, everyone is talking. We have so many witnesses and all the fingers are pointing in your direction. So this is your moment to give your side of the story. And finally, Rob said, okay, fine. I was at a Wachagee's apartment that morning, but we just got drunk on Patron and had sex. Rob said he did not kick down the door. He said that a Wachagee let him in and that he knew nothing about her calling 911. 
Rob said after they had sex, Awachiki let him borrow her debit card and even gave him her PIN number because she owed him money for cocaine. And that's when he went to the casino. Was it premeditated or not? That's the main thing. I don't know. If it's not premeditated, I can tell the DA that it's not premeditated. He didn't plan on going over there to kill her. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference in this case. Yeah. And she deserves justice. Um, you, I know you don't want to look at her photo. That's fine. Maybe you're trying to forget about her. Um, but it's, you know, it she hurt. I mean, she was a good person. And I know I didn't do it. If you couldn't understand him, Rob said, she was a good person, and I know I didn't do it. Rob told police that after he left the casino, he went back to Oklahoma City and met his cousin, and they went to their aunt's funeral. Detectives confirm this funeral story, but what Rob said after didn't make sense. He said it was after his aunt's funeral on the 24th that he learned a body had been found in Norman. At first, he said the information came from the internet, and later he said a friend called and told him. But police knew that both stories were BS because her body wasn't discovered until the night of the 25th. When asked what happened to Awachigi's debit card, Rob said that he had tossed it out the window on the way home from his aunt's funeral because he was worried the cops were after him over a drug deal. So you might be wondering if police arrested Rob right then and there, but they didn't. They released him after he asked for a lawyer. But before he was released, Rob allowed police to inspect his shoe tread, and he provided a DNA swab. Detectives sent off Rob's DNA to see if it matched the semen found in Owachagi. And they even sent off the shoe markings to an expert to see if they matched the print on the doorframe. And at about this time, finally, the autopsy findings came back. And the results baffled detectives. It's almost summer, and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on TheRealReal.com. TheRealReal is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000-plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code DECK at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. When it comes to your health, there should be no compromises. Don't go back to that doctor who doesn't fully listen to you or rushes through your appointment. Instead, check out ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Search by location, availability, and insurance. No compromises. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. And you don't have to wait forever to get in with someone good. When I looked online, the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score some same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com deck and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot deck. ZocDoc. Deck. 
The autopsy showed Awachiki had injuries to the back of her neck, which police said were consistent with strangulation. But the medical examiner listed her death as unknown. The cause of death being undetermined wasn't the surprising part. It was that the examiner also categorized her manner of death as unknown. Manner of death is the category where they're supposed to say if the victim was murdered or if the death was accidental or what. So here they were ready to charge cocaine rob with murder, and now they couldn't because they had no homicide ruling. It basically meant the ME didn't see enough physical evidence to prove one way or another how Awachiki died. It was more than clear, at least to investigators, that the last moment of Awachiki's life was met with violence. Cuts and bruises were noted on different places of her body, as well as traces of blood on her pillow. There wasn't enough blood left at the scene to be helpful, though. Investigators did collect it, and they tried to have it tested to see if it was Awachiki's or not. There just wasn't a big enough sample to get any results. But thanks to toxicology findings, now they knew that there was no way Awachiki overdosed because there was no alcohol in her system, and there was very little cocaine detected, like trace amounts that were barely even measurable. Awachiki's mom, Roberta, was devastated over the ruling. I don't know what else to say about that, except I'm not going to accept undetermined. Something has to happen, or somebody has to say something to change that. To make the case even stronger, DNA came back confirming Rob had had sex with the Wachigi, but he had admitted that much. So police asked Rob, if the sex had been consensual, why did a Wachigi end up bleeding and dead on her bedroom floor shortly after he left her apartment? Now, he said he didn't know and that she was alive when he left to go to the casino. But that wasn't good enough for the Norman Police Department. So they asked the local district attorney to charge Rob with a Wachigi's murder anyway. But prosecutors wouldn't because of the undetermined ruling. So there was nothing else detectives could do. They truly felt as if Rob had gotten away with murder. And years went by and nothing happened. That is until 2017, when Detective Parks reopened the case. He re-examined all the evidence. And in 2019, he decided it was worth getting a second opinion on Awachigi's manner of death. One of his FBI contacts helped him recruit the assistance of the Armed Forces Medical Examiner's Office in Maryland. They agreed to take a second look at the case and its original findings. And in April 2019, six years after Awachigi's death, the federal ME was like, yeah, there's no doubt she was murdered. The manner of death was homicide. The cause of death was uh, homicide by unknown means. And they provided a uh, several-page report on why homicide by unknown means can be a justifiable ruling of homicide. With the other Emmy's determination in hand, this was Parks's shot, his Hail Mary. And so I presented that to the district attorney's office, and they were pretty excited at first and then later decided no we're going to we have to we have to work with the state medical examiner's office in all of our cases we're going to stick by their ruling and we're not going to file 
We reached out to the Oklahoma's office of the chief medical examiner to try and better understand their findings in this case, but they declined to be interviewed. In a letter to Detective Parks, in response to his asking them to at least recategorize Awachigi's death as a homicide, the chief ME said, quote, Whereas the circumstances of death are indeed suspicious, I find it inappropriate to insert any reference to manner of death into the cause of death statement. The cause of death in this case is undetermined. The manner is best classified as undetermined, end quote. In the early days of the investigation, police interviewed everyone in Awachigi's orbit. Her friends and ex-husband, her boyfriend, her family, all of whom had alibis that checked out. Only one person could be placed at Awachigi's apartment on the morning of September 24th. Do you have an opinion as to who may have taken your daughter's life? I'm going to say that according to my detective... He indicates that all evidence leads to one person. I want justice for my baby. In November of 2020, the Seminole Tribe wrote letters to the Oklahoma Attorney General's office and called for a formal independent review of the methodology used during Owachigi's autopsy. But as far as Detective Parks knows, nothing came of it. At the end of the day, he wants to see charges brought against Rob, even if it's for second-degree murder. You know, I can I can point the finger. Did Norman Police Department fall down on the on this case a little bit? Yeah, we should have sent a patrol officer on that first nine one one call. There should have been somebody there within a few minutes. But we did what we could to rectify that problem. Should the medical examiner's office have better supervision over their pathologist? Absolutely. They have done nothing to reconcile their mistake. Should the district attorney file a case against Robert Ross for the death of a Washigi? Absolutely, because it's the right thing to do. Leave it up to a jury to decide whether he's guilty or not guilty, but it's the right thing to do. It needs to be done. To this day, no arrests have been made in connection to a Washigi's death. Her missing phone and debit card have never been found. Roberta told us she hopes to one day see the whites of the eyes belonging to the person who stole her daughter's future. I would say that there are measures that have been put in place with the Lord, and he will seek justice for me and Awajiki. And whoever did this to her, he's going to answer to the Lord. He's going to have to answer to God. If you're walking away from this case as unsettled as I am, the family and the tribe encourage you to do what they did. Send more letters to the Oklahoma Attorney General's office and call for a formal independent review of the methodology used during Owachigi's autopsy. We will put the contact information for the Oklahoma Attorney General's office in the show notes and on the website. We need to show them that people are paying attention and that Awachigi deserves justice. And if you have any additional information about the murder of Awachigi Osceola, you're asked to call the Norman Police Department in Oklahoma at 405-366-5208. 
The Deck is an audio Chuck production with theme music by Ryan Lewis. To learn more about The Deck and our advocacy work, visit thedeckpodcast.com. So what do you think, Chuck? Do you approve? Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. The living room is where you make some of life's most beautiful memories, but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant high-performance furniture from Ashley Store is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley Store's high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, comfortable, and easy to clean for more mess and less stress. Shop the life-resistant high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.